Hello and Namaste. This is Jyoti Bhattrai. Welcome to Med School Supendao. This podcast is hosted by a med student who is going to the med schools for the second time. And this podcast is intended to bring in hope and about never giving up attitude and second chances. I will be sharing my stories alongside with my colleagues, other med students about things related to med school, their struggles and stories and the process and many more. We will talk about life and how day-to-day things and events can have an impact on a med student. We will be having interviews with med students and doctors along the way. Welcome again to Med School 2.0. And now, let's begin with this episode. Hello everybody. Uh, welcome to this episode. In the beginning, I just want to start by saying thank you for the overwhelming response that I received post the first episode. I am truly grateful to all of you. Uh, I didn't realize I would receive uh, you know, constructive criticisms and emails and, and everything about the show. Uh, I, I even met a few people in person and, and they had some concerns regarding the show as well. I just wanted to address uh, some of the issues uh, in the beginning uh, of this episode. Um, the main theme of the concern was that uh, what is the purpose behind the podcast? And most of the people were also asking me what is the benefit I'm going to gain from all of this. Um, well, for purpose, uh, as I mentioned before, this podcast is to share the struggles and fights of a med student well, well uh, be it for the second time um, or, or as a traditional or non-traditional student uh, i want their stories to get light you know they have their own struggles and stresses and they have their own fights uh, i want those stories to get light and and not only the sad part of the struggles and no stresses but but how they overcame and won the battle and got into a medical school and obviously what goes inside a medical school like how the uh, coursework works how the student cope with uh, with the uh, study materials and you know all those things the the purpose of this podcast is uh, is to help anyone but i guess mainly for the med student and even pre-meds and 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 anyone who's thinking to get into uh, medical school if i cannot do it in a you know in an education wise at least i want to be a a moral support and and share things and tips that might be helpful for them Uh, as for the benefit i'm not i'm not looking for any benefits my sole purpose uh, and intention to um, start a podcast is just to share the stories of uh, patience, perseverance, and, and second chances. Everyone has that. No, not on, not only mine, but um, I'm I'm hoping and I'm getting uh, fellow med students to appear in the show and and share their stories and you know their patience and perseverance and their stories as well and their. You know, journey from high school or middle school 
um, or college to being a pre-med and and then finally a medical student and everything what happened in between um as i said the first few episodes will be general intro and i just wanted to uh, compare and contrast how med school works here and back at home uh, till we get to the good part of getting interviews um so so i guess let's start with this one i mean one of the most striking features uh, uh if i have to compare studying uh, here and back at home is uh, the exam format exams back at home were very different uh we had we had lectures and labs the lecture questions were asked and they had to be answered in an essay format um uh, don't get me wrong we we would get uh, sometimes we would get a clinical vignette but again we had to um write the answers in an essay format and not not uh, multiple choice questions and the that might have changed by now which i'm not aware of but at that time uh, probably would get like 10 12 questions and all of them would be written down in an essay style um for labs labs were a different ball game for all the labs we had to maintain a lab practical notebook thing uh, which were graded so what we were supposed to do was for example for let's say for path uh, we had to draw the uh, microscopic feature of that disease process whatever we saw in the lab label it with the correct color for the uh, you know for hne stain whatever whatever stain we had to use and we had to maintain those kind of uh, practical notebooks for for all the subjects and they were graded and those uh, those meant a lot to us so that's the practical notebooks that we maintain and coming down to the exam part um the lab exams also had uh, oral exams uh, we call it viva and there were three stations where the professors could ask anything and from any part of the material that was covered in those semesters it's a very it's a very nerve-wracking experience if it asked me like you go in front of a professor and he's like asking you anything <laughs> i remember from from my anatomy for second year i think or the first year um i went to a station and the professor picked up a clavicle and showed me i think the dorsal aspect and then asked me what muscle is here and then as soon as i said that muscle he put down the uh, clavicle down he picked up a sacrum and he took a a, a malleable wire and then put on the the foramen of the sacrum in the exact way and said like what nerve is this i'm like i don't know <laughs> um but yeah that was that was one of the experiences that i would never forget uh, back at home as for the uh, structure of a class the the most striking difference that i felt was anatomy back at home we learned anatomy in 2 years uh, over here it was 5 uh, to 6 months 
And in those five to six months, it was compact and fast paced. I mean, we covered everything that's needed for our med student level. Uh, I'm I'm also uh, one of the student ambassadors for this school, and in one of the Zoom sessions with the prospective students, uh, when we said that uh, the anatomy is covered in five to six months, uh, one of the uh, prospect uh, EPPs, he's he was asking. Wait, and then we learn it for two years, and you're saying it's completed in five to six months over here. Yeah, is everything covered? Like he was not, he was not sure that in six months everything was covered, and and how could that be possible? I wish I could explain him how was it, but it's very fast paced. But I mean, we learned everything. There was, I, I didn't feel like we left, you know, things uh, unturned. Uh, in anatomy but yeah that that's very uh, that was very um uh, a nice change of pace i think uh, learning anatomy for me um, also uh, in back in 2001 uh, for the labs uh, we had to go to labs for each like for anatomy go to section gross and and you know normal anatomy slides microscopic views and then you go to physio lab for you know we had to do the rpc count wc counts you go to path labs and do thick and thin slides you know we had to go to a micro lab and do um, blood agar gram stains we had to maintain slides those were asked in exams as well um uh, we go to biochemistry. Please don't ask what I did on biochemistry because all I had to remember is going to the lab and using some test tubes and whatnot. But <laughs> that's all I remember from biochem from my previous med school. But we we went to lab. We had we had uh, labs for farm farm as well. So and then as I said, we had to maintain that practical notebook uh, for each and every labs. Um, speaking of labs. Uh, in here, uh, the main labs are anatomy, uh, DPR, which is doctor-patient relationship, where you are basically taught how to interact with the patient, and how to, you know, listen to the lungs and hearts and stuff like that, uh, how to take a history, and then, and then OMM lab, the osteopathic lab. I, I had no clue what entails OMM, but. As I'm done with the first year now, I feel that it's a, it's a holistic approach seeing a patient. Like you, you don't only give meds for pain, but in a way use the body itself to heal itself. If that makes any sense, I mean you use your knowledge of anatomy and physio and add that to the technique uh, of OMM and help the body to treat itself. Out of all the subjects, I think uh, studying OMM was a little bit a challenge for me because now that I'm a rising second year, I can share like how I studied my first year, right? And also the OMM part because uh, the first semester I was lost. <laughs> I needed time to adjust in a new surrounding and, you know, being a student again after two decades. Uh, one thing I would say would help anyone who's pursuing to be a student, not only a med student, but any student is, is to have a strong student mentality. I mean, we just talk about it, but we, I think we don't give much emphasis on the mentality thing. 
because we may be in a different phases of life, uh, different phases of being a student. Having a strong uh, student mentality goes a long way. Um, so, uh, you know, for all the subjects, you know, you had um, lectures and then you write notes on your iPads or you know, or on paper. Most of the people also use Anki, Anki, which is a you know a flashcard program that can be downloaded on your devices and and can be used to study. Um, I didn't use it, so I can't I can't talk about its usefulness. But I have many friends that use Anki and they they love it. So other subjects were were okayish, but studying OMM because I, I never I had never encountered osteopathic medicine in my life, so to get knowing the subject was a little bit difficult. But it's also I think it's also a thing of uh, interest. OMM itself, it's a, it became interesting to me how the manipulation works and what's the uh, physiology behind that uh, manipulation you're trying to do to achieve uh, the relief for the patient. And that's that's that was really uh, that was really uh, eye-opening for me. Uh, now, if I can change gears, I want I want to touch a little bit about mental health issues as well. One of the reasons I want to talk about it is because the the society that I grew up in, the 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 topic of mental health is at least was a social taboo at that time. So much so that um, I had difficulty sharing that to my friends as well, and that lingered on me um, when nothing went as I have wanted. Uh, you know. Um, and slowly, you know, I went into a dark place. And add to that, uh, I had a traumatic event that, you know, that has a PTSD effect on me till this day. Wait, when speaking of PTSD, when you study about PTSD and you read about it for, you know, for exams or for boards, it's okay. But when it happens to you, you question yourself saying, well, I can't have PTSD. This is not PTSD. One, one of the reasons may be because I still had that uh, uh, social taboo thing and and that played a big role on myself saying I couldn't have this. But uh, my biggest mistake was I didn't go and seek help. But I did cope. The way I cope was uh, I picked up the guitar. I never had played any musical instrument in my life. But I started learning it through um, YouTube and slowly started writing songs and poems. I mean, even today, if I'm stressed of studying, you know, I start playing the instrument and it really calms, calms me down. I mean, it's it's not a bad thing to have issues with your mental health, but it surely is a bad thing if you don't go and seek help. It took me months and months to get above the uh, the sinking feeling. I I don't I don't want I don't wish that to anyone. I mean the tips that I can vouch for, which which are tried and tested, are like talk to friends, talk to family. If you can't talk to your family, talk to your friends. Share share your feelings. Share share them what you what you what what's really going on with you. Try to seek help if you can seek help. Your friends and your families will seek help for you. 
you know, um, work work towards your physical health. I mean, the physical health has a direct correlation to mental well-being as well. So be active. And I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there are like bad days where you want to do nothing and be in dark and you know get lost in the abyss. But trust me, uh, talk it out. Try to seek help. If that's not helpful, go seek help. But trust me, uh, talk it out. It's one of the basic things we can do. I mean, nothing comes good out of staying quiet and keeping things bot- bottled up. Like I was also, um, back in the day, I was given advice saying, oh, it's just a phase which will soon pass. No, it didn't pass. I was also told to take a break. And I was like, break from what? Okay, I was in a break since nothing was happening in my life. I felt I was on a break for the longest time. Uh, do what if I'm taking a break? Okay, I took a break. Now what? The mind is still in a constant churn. It's like a windmill. It's like going non-stop, thinking all the negativity there is. Now what should I do? No one was telling me that. I'm also I'm also to blame here because I didn't seek help and a little part of it is due to that social taboo I grew up in. I was in a circle where, you know, you go to a psychiatrist only if you're schizophrenic or paranoid, not for anxiety and not for depression. Uh, anxiety, all I got was anxiety, just worrying. So go watch a movie, have a glass of beer or two. You'll be you'll 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 be fine. You'll forget and. You'll forget that there's anxiety in you. Like I have, personally, I I have um, benign essential tremor, and it's there since I was in middle school. I remember that. I remember my hand shaking with tremor for no reason. I remember having palpitations. I could feel my heartbeat in 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 a quiet room. I mean, I start sweating and becoming red and flushed, uh, especially when I had to study for exam or in a, in a given stressful situation. There is, yeah, feels like um, suffocation, as if I can I can't breathe. No one told me to go see a doctor. No one told me that's anxiety. The bottom line that I got was, oh, you have fear, fear of um, exams or or whatever stressful situation that I was in, and I was told that, oh, it'll pass. It'll pass. <laughs> well, I still have BET. And, and those feelings are still with me. Well, in a less disturbing way, but, but they are there. So as a kid, I, I, I remember telling my teachers that uh, this, that, oh, I have a palpitation. I didn't know the palpitation, but no, I can feel my heart beating louder and, and my hands shaking. All I got in return was pull up your socks, man up. Or stop getting frightened about everything. Like, no one guided me correctly. And that social taboo stuck with me, uh, which hindered me to seek help even when I was getting PTSD from the trauma. Uh, So today through this podcast, if 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 I'm not able to help you with anything, I just want you to have this in you that... If you are a high school student, middle school student, pre-med, college student, medical student, even in residency in whatever school you are, in whatever phase of life you are in, or have a family, serve the nation, whatever situation you are in, if you have any problems with mental issues, please, please seek help. Yeah, you can go try talking to your peers and friends and families. You can start by changing lifestyle habits, trying new things, picking up new habits. But 
you can still go and see a specialist and let them know what you've been trying to cope and at least start a conversation at least start that and we have to put ourselves first before we start helping others um it's like they say in the in the in the airplanes uh in the event of low oxygen in the chamber uh, wear the mask uh, yourself first and then start helping others so it's the same thing we have to help ourselves first and then only we can help others please 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 talk about it go seek help talk to your friends families it's like what our former first lady michelle obama once said uh, and and i quote we would never tell someone with a broken leg that they should stop wallowing and get it together uh, we don't consider taking medication for any ear infection something to be ashamed of uh, we shouldn't treat mental health conditions any differently and i believe that's how mental health should be you know taken as we should talk about it we should preach about it there's nothing to be ashamed of and 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 if 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 there's a need to take action or if there's a need to seek help we should do that we should put ourselves first in in any circumstances i strongly believe that well i believe we've come end to the today's episode uh well, i hope you like it and uh, hopefully from next episode onwards we will be getting some interviews of some students and doctors and get their perspective of uh of medical school and getting into medical school and studying and how they handle stressful situations in life and and hear their stories of their struggles and how they overcame all of that um i think that's about it for this episode thank you for listening this means a lot to me please 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 do share down with the episodes write a review and also send me emails at medschool2.0podcast@gmail.com and follow us on instagram medschool2.0 Please let us know where we can improve and also if there are certain issues and things you want to hear about we can learn so much from one another till next episode stay safe stay healthy take care of yourselves your friends and family and take care of your surroundings i will catch you soon in the next episode bye for now <laughs>